الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وقل لعبادي يقولوا التي هي احسن وقال تعالى يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا صدق الله العظيم مسسبكتور الله الكريم برادرز extremely important that we always keep refreshing our niyat our intention what is the purpose for our gathering here niyat the word niyat comes from the word nawat in arabic nawat means seed so the kind of seed that is planted that is a kind of tree that comes if there is a seed of a very good plant some very good tree then that was that is what will come through from it and if it's a seed of something that is a thorny plant some bitter fruit then obviously that is what will grow out of it so likewise the intention that a person makes it's a very pure intention very noble intention i want to try and learn something of deen better myself pass it on to others for the pleasure of allah taala so all this solely for the pleasure of allah taala then the effects would inshallah come accordingly allah taala then blesses a person according to his intention so it's very important to have a clear intention if there's no seed there's no no tree also and then to the extent of the quality of the seed that is a kind of tree that comes that is a quality of fruit that comes so this is a very important aspect to always keep refreshing our intention refreshing our niyat that we have gathered here for the purpose of the pleasure of allah taala to learn something in deen to better ourselves and get closer to allah taala in one hadith rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam once sahabi came to him one person who had just newly come into islam in fact he was not yet a sahabi he had just come to enquire amr ibn abasa radiyallahu ta'ala so he came to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the first question he posed to him was that man ma'aka ala hadhal amr that you are inviting towards something you're inviting towards allah taala you're inviting towards the deen of islam so who has joined you in this now in our context if a person has asked something of this nature we would perhaps answer in a certain way because of what the circumstances prevailing circumstances are when nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam was asked this was something that was in a kind of society where there was a clear distinction between a free person and a slave and this was the line on which many things were decided a free person a completely different type of approach different kind of treatment and a slave a slave was a slave a slave was like some other commodity he was bought and sold and slaves existed in that time 
Islam set the foundation for the freedom of slaves. There were so many things that deen made it compulsory for a person to come out of that situation, you must free a slave. So in any case, that's a, another topic on its own. But now this was the kind of society in which this, in this person came and asked this question. But the slave was somebody who was not even a second class citizen, he was a person who had no rights at all. And somebody who was looked down upon in society in general. So now he is asking this question and Nabi Islam replied and said, Hurrun wa abdun. This was the background in which this answer came. Knowing the background, one understands and appreciates the answer. That in this deen that I am inviting towards, people who have followed me are of all classes of society. They are the free people also, they are the slaves also. In other words, this deen is for everybody. This deen has got no distinction between people of different classes in society. This deen is for, for, for the person who is a free person, is for a slave also. This deen is for the person who might be the wealthiest person, and it is for the poverty stricken also. This deen is for the person who might be a king, and somebody who might be the most lowly subject. This deen is for black and white. This deen is for people of every country, every race. There is no distinction. The only distinction, if there is any, that takes one person above the rest, is what Allah Ta'ala has mentioned in the Quran Sharif, inna akramakum indallahi atqakum. The most noble among you is the one in the court of Allah Ta'ala, the most noble is the one who has most taqwa. The one who fears Allah Ta'ala more, he is more noble. Otherwise, nothing else matters in the court of Allah Ta'ala. What is the person's name in terms of whether he is, what is his family name, or what is his nationality, what is his color, what is his language. Neither of these things, what is his social standing, what is his financial position, all these things don't count in the court of Allah Ta'ala. What counts is the person's iman, his Islam. What is the level of taqwa he had? How close to Allah Ta'ala he was? So this is the basis on which somebody becomes more closer to Allah Ta'ala compared to the next person. He can be anybody then. So in this context, Nabi Islam gave him this answer which was the most appropriate answer for that moment in time. That this deen has got no, you are welcome also. And everybody is welcome. And this is a lesson to take that we sometimes harbor these distinctions in our heart based on baseless things. So these are things that should never become a means of judging a person or how we deal with somebody, deal with somebody with more respect compared to the next person based on the person's social standing, based on the person's financial position. No, we have to respect every Muslim. Yes, somebody who Allah Ta'ala has given some extra honor in some way, we will honor him accordingly. Anzilun nasa manazilahum. Nabi Islam has taught, treat people according to their position. So in any case, this is the one question he put forward, first question. Who is with you on this? Then the next question he asked was, Mal Islam. What is Islam? Now what is Islam? Anybody ask us that question, we also can answer. 
And many people will answer if now just one simple question, what is Islam? This person would answer according to his understanding and all the answers might be correct also. Somebody would say one thing, somebody would say another thing. All part of Islam. What Rasulullah replied on this occasion was that what is Islam? Tibul Kalam wa it'amut ta'am. Now this would not have crossed our minds in reply to this question. Now a new person is coming, somebody is coming completely new. He is coming to find out. He is coming to understand. And he is asking what is Islam. Now, our mind would tell us that he should be explained the fundamentals of Islam. But on this occasion, Rasulullah replies, Tibul Kalam wa Ta'am. Tibul Kalam, speaking sweet words, speaking in soft words, in compassionate tones, speaking that which will bring happiness to the next person's heart. And the second thing, feeding people. Now, Somebody had to ask us, what is Islam? This would never cross our mind. Now, the person is asking what is Islam, he is not, at this occasion, was not asking about which volume on the shelf of which library will I get all the details. He was looking for the practical expression of Islam. He wanted to find out something that will spell out what does Islam stand for in terms of day-to-day -day life. He wanted to know something that will distinguish a Muslim from somebody else. And the aspects that Rasulullah mentioned are both related to akhlaq. And this is what distinguishes a Muslim in day-to-day -day life. Otherwise, obviously, the real distinction is his iman. But where is his iman? His iman is deep down in his heart. His iman, nobody can see it. Anybody makes a claim of iman, nobody can deny that. He's claiming that he has Iman, you'll have to accept it. But you can't see it. It's deep down in his heart. And then, the ibadat of a Muslim, his salah is inside the masjid. So the people outside don't see his salah. Maybe once in a while somebody will get an opportunity to see somebody performing some salah. Somebody is at the airport or some station or something, traveling. And he saw some Muslim performing salah. Once in a while somebody gets that opportunity. Otherwise, nobody gets to see the salah. The fast of the mu'min, then no mu'min also can see the next person's fast. Somebody is fasting, nobody knows. So let alone anybody else, even a Muslim cannot see the next Muslim's fast. He is fasting, he knows it, Allah Ta'ala knows it. His hajj, his hajj is in Baitullah. And in the specific spaces and places of Hajj. His zakat is between him and Allah Ta'ala. Perhaps the person who he gave it to now knows this person gave me something. So all these fundamentals and these pillars of Islam, these two are not in the forefront of interacting with others. So mashallah the person is performing a beautiful salah, alhamdulillah. He fasts regularly, he is fasting Mondays and Thursdays, excellent. This is the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to fast many many days in the month. Mondays and Thursdays was a regular fast. 
then the 13th, 14th, 15th of the lunar calendar, and many other days as well. So, mashallah, person is doing this, person is very charitable, person is going for hajj, for umrah, person is doing many other amal of this nature. So, alhamdulillah, summa alhamdulillah, and the more the better. But, the non-Muslim doesn't get to see this. What he gets to see? What he gets to see is the person's mu'amalat, his dealings. He gets to see his mu'asharat, his social interaction. He gets to see his akhlaq. How does this person deal? What is his character? How does he speak? How does he interact with others? What is his nature? This is what others get to see. And this is what Rasulullah is highlighting. That the practical expression of Islam is in these aspects. Which others get to see. Otherwise, ibadat also is a practical expression of Islam. But this is confined within, our, within the person's own space. So this person had asked a question, Nabi Islam understood what he wants to know is, what is the thing that I can see? If somebody had to tell us, oh, we someday got the tawfiq, MashaAllah, the whole night the person made tahajjud, he also feels great about himself. Alhamdulillah, very great ibadat. He made tahajjud the whole night, excellent. And the person feels he did a very great amount of good, and it is obviously. And if he heard about somebody else, MashaAllah, this person performed tahajjud the whole night, we obviously will be very uh, impressed by this. And definitely something very great. But if somebody said, today the whole day, I only spoke sweet words. I didn't speak one bitter word today. It's possible somebody else might ask him, so what? He spoke sweet words, so what? It doesn't even cross the mind that this is something that is such a great ibadat. That Nabi Wasallam was asked, what is the definition of Islam? And as the definition of Islam, he said, Tibul Kalam. Now the person is not even conscious of himself that I spend the whole day speak. I only spoke sweet words, so, so Alhamdulillah, the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala. And this is a very great blessing from Allah Ta'ala. I should make shukr on this. And if you heard about it about somebody else, then that too, we will already spoil that with a bitter word, that so what? That so what already spoiled the whole taste of it. Because now it just runs a person down, so what? So indeed, performing tahajjud the whole night, very great, excellent. Person made tilawat, 10 paras for the day, 20 paras for the day, excellent, very great. But likewise, this too is a great ibadat. That a person with this consciousness, with this niyat, that Rasulullah has emphasized this. On the occasion of when a person is going for hajj, then everybody wishes him hajjul mabroor. May Allah Ta'ala make it hajj mabroor. Where this mabroor came from? This is the word from the hadith sharif. Al-hajjul mabroor laysa lahu jaza'un illa al-jannah. That the hajj mabroor, the hajj which is filled with bir, with virtue, that hajj, the reward of it is nothing but jannah. And then the sahaba inquired, what are the virtues of hajj? Nabi Islam mentioned three things. One of those three things, one was it'amu ta'am, if Shah salam and Tibul Kalam. Feeding people, 
making salam common and speaking sweet words. This is the special virtues of Hajj. Can we imagine once in a lifetime the person will go for Hajj, meaning Farz. Won't get a second Farz Hajj. Obviously he's going to make Tawaf, he's going to do all the other rites of Hajj. That goes without saying, otherwise there's no Hajj. But among the great virtues of Hajj, Tibul Kalam, talking, talking sweet words. This tongue is such a great na'mat of Allah Ta'ala. Such a great na'mat. This tongue has got 20,000 taste buds. Microscopic taste buds. Fine little taste buds. Allah Ta'ala has created on his tongue. It helps him to taste everything. What is sour and what is sweet and what is bitter and what is what. With this tongue, he is able to swallow that food. If the person's tongue, something happens, Allah forbid, sometimes a person suffers a stroke or whatever, and the tongue gets badly affected, he can't now move his tongue, he can't swallow food also. Some person then has to be tube fed, can't swallow anything. The tongue was helping him to swallow. And the tongue is something that now helps him to speak, to express what is in his heart. He wants something, he needs something, he's in pain. What's the problem? All these things he's now using his tongue all the time, the whole day. Such a great na'mad. Allah Ta'ala wants that we use this tongue in a way that is pleasing to him, that pleases Allah Ta'ala, that pleases the servants of Allah Ta'ala also. Obviously within the limits of Shariat. Allah Ta'ala says, say to my servants, yeah, my servants, say to them, they must speak that which is best. They must speak that which is best, which Allah Ta'ala will be pleased with. That's primarily the aspect. That Allah Ta'ala must be pleased. And then within that limit, what pleases Allah Ta'ala, to speak that which will please the servants of Allah Ta'ala. Speak, in, speak things that will make people feel comforted. Make people feel at ease. It will create muhabbat. This tongue is probably among the softest limbs in the body. can be twisted in so many... Without, you can't twist the hand, can't twist the leg in that manner. But the tongue can be twisted. Such a soft limb of the body. But as soft as it is, it is the sharpest limb of the body. Sharper than an arrow. What the arrow can't do, this tongue can do. The arrow might just pierce a person's... Maybe just get close to his heart sometime and fall off. Might just cut the surface and fall off. But this tongue from a mile away will pierce somebody else's heart. Not just pierce his heart, it can shatter it into thousand pieces. As soft as it is, it is the sharpest limb in the body also. But Allah Ta'ala wants that we be using this tongue in a way that endears others, that brings people closer. So in any case, this was the first question this person asked. Mal Islam. What is Islam? And this is the answer Rasulullah gave. That Islam is this. On this occasion, this was the answer. That speaking sweet words and feeding. Now if you look at these two aspects from another angle, what do these two things do? Person speaking sweet words all the time, he is always conscious of trying to say something that will bring some happiness in somebody's heart, comfort somebody, be a source of uh, relief to someone. 
And indeed these words have tremendous effect. These words have very, very deep effect. One person, this is just, one person wants some very big amount in some, whatever it was, competition will just say. Obviously lotteries are haram. So, we'll just take it whatever it was he won, but now they realize this person is a street sweeper. He's a person who doesn't have money, he's never seen this kind of money. Now what he won was a huge amount, like a million rands. Now they decided now how to get this person to number one understand. So they decided to employ one, the services of one attorney. Because they supposed to be good at words. So he'll know how to speak to this person and break the news to him. So in any case now he came, sat down with him, made him sit down, started talking about many things, going around the circles. Finally he came around and he asked him that, uh, what will you, will you do if you win one million? Now this person, he doesn't know where this whole conversation is leading to. Now somebody is just asking him now, what will you do if you win one million? She said, I'll give you half. So he said, I'll give you half, that attorney collapsed. He fainted. Just hearing that, he didn't even get it still. But that had that effect on him, he fainted. This might be whether somebody found it in the Lal Kitab or whatever, but it was meant to highlight a reality. And these are things that are realities. There have been occasions where somebody blurted something. They blurted something and the next person suffered a heart attack. Just merely hearing that. One person was a doctor treating somebody, some old person, and this person was recovering well. person had been in hospital for some, whatever ailment it was, a long stay in hospital. person was recovering well, an old lady, and he was now planning to discharge her. So now he already made it known to the fa- family, the son, etc., coming and seeing her, that maybe in two days' time we're going to discharge her now. And she was doing so well. Now one day left for the discharge, the doctor comes, and suddenly he sees everything is gone haywire. Her whole condition has turned for the worse. He got shocked, that apparently there's no reason why she took this turn for the worse. And all the things that had stabled become stable in her, all the treatment that she had underwent, which sorted out all the ailments, suddenly everything was gone, completely reversed. So eventually, he, he decided this, there's something more to it. It's not what, like something has happened, that she just got sick again. There must be something behind this. So somehow he got talking to her, asking her, yesterday, what happened? You suddenly were... From the condition you were in overnight, in this kind of condition, so first she didn't say anything. Then he started talking, yesterday somebody came to visit you, he said, yes my son came to visit me. So what happened, did your son tell you anything? So then the poor lady starts crying and he says he came yesterday to visit me, but at that time he also informed me that when I am discharged, then since his wife is not happy for me to now come back home, they will be taking me from here straight to an old age home. Bas, he said this much and went. Now, 
physically she was recovering, but this shattered her heart. When it shattered her heart, her whole physical self also started suffering the problem. That was one statement. What is in this? How many words? Maybe one line. Can be written in one line. But that one line, like almost killed her. These are words. And these are uttered with this soft tongue. But the soft tongue can become sharper than a sword. Can become sharper than the worst or the sharpest arrow. So this was the first aspect in this Hadith Sharif. Nabi Islam was asked, what is Islam? And this was the reply he gave. And as we said that, what are the things that are being mentioned here? These are aspects that relate to akhlaq, good akhlaq. And both these are things that create muhabbat. Sweet words. They unite. Bitter words divide. But sweet words, they create a good feeling. They make people come together. They create muhabbat. They unite hearts. And feeling, this too, doesn't require anything elaborate. But a person is sharing something, now and again he's inviting somebody, family members, some friend, some relative. All this helps to create the atmosphere of muhabbat. And this is an extremely important lesson that Deen has emphasized. That they should be muhabbat. لا تدخلوا الجنة حتى تؤمنوا ولا تؤمنوا حتى تحابوا Nabi Islam says, you cannot enter Jannat until you have Iman. And your Iman won't be completed until you have Muhabbad. And then he gives a prescription of Muhabbad. Make salam common. In any case, then the next question this person asked Rasulullah Mal Iman. Now, keeping in mind that this is somebody completely new. He's coming now for the first time. And he's still inquiring. He's still trying to learn. He's still trying to find out. What are the things that Islam is inviting towards? What are the things Nabi Islam is inviting towards? So now he's asking Mal Iman. What is Iman? He's heard Iman, he's heard Islam. He's asking, what, are, what is the reality of this? Now again, he doesn't want to know which volume on which shelf in the library must I go and read the details. He wants to know something that is practical. So Rasulullah replies and says, As-sabru was-samaha. What is Iman? That the distinguishing traits of Iman, one is sabr, patience. And the other is samaha. Samaha, one is to be having an, a very overlooking nature. person doesn't, he is not taking everything to task, every small little aspect he wants to now make people account for it. And every small dot he wants to now Make people answer for this. And everything must be to the T and otherwise there's a big problem. No, no, he's overlooking. Easy going. Has a very compassionate nature. Now what is the question? And this is the answer. The question is mal iman. And this is the answer on this occasion. On other occasions, Rasulullah answered other aspects as well. On this occasion, sabr and samaha. If a person has been endowed with sabr, then there isn't a more comprehensive bounty that anybody can be blessed with. This is what has been expressed in the Hadith Sharif itself. Nabi Islam says a person has not been blessed with any bounty that is better 
and more comprehensive than sabr. He's got sabr, and especially a person has got sabr and sugar in his life. If you consider this hadith sharif again from one more angle, Allah Ta'ala wants us to be happy and to make happy. To be happy, sabr. A person has sabr and sugar in his life. He'll be happy. In all the situations of life too, he'll be happy. He may not be pain-free. Doesn't mean that if he is happy, he'll be pain-free. Possible he'll be in pain. He might be in some difficulty. But when he is endowed with sabr and sugar, then there will be a degree of happiness still with him. A person is in some situation, but now he's reflecting that whatever my situation is, there are people far in, in worse of conditions. I have a car to drive in, whatever kind of car it is, there are people walking. I'm walking, I got shoes. There are people without shoes. And if I, somebody doesn't have shoes, there are people without feet. A person is always looking that I am still better off than somebody, so many people. Already that starts, what pain he was experiencing, mentally that pain has already decreased. Because he's feeling lighter. And now he's making sugar, ya Allah, whatever this difficulty might be, but this innumerable bounties. I'm still enjoying in this moment in time, countless bounties. Ya Allah, you blessed me with so many things, I can't even count the benefits of one one bounty. That sugar and sabr will keep him happy. And this sweet words, feeding, these are just two categories of things. This will make others happy. He'll be happy and he'll keep others happy. So this sabr, now he is able to digest anything then. He's got sabr, he's able to refrain from haram. A person falls headlong into haram because he doesn't have sabr. Some temptation came. And he's got no sabr. He just goes headlong. A person has got sabr, he is ready to undertake anything to fulfill the commands of Allah Ta'ala. Now they said, he's now feeling lazy, it's fajr time, he's feeling very sleepy, but he's got that sabr. He's ready to take whatever comes, but I must be in the house of Allah Ta'ala now. So such a comprehensive bounty is sabr, it enables him to fulfill the commands of Allah Ta'ala enables him to refrain from haram, it enables him to take the challenges of life in his stride and still be happy with Allah Ta'ala. So this is the aspect that Rasulullah highlighted. And he's got a forgiving nature, he's easy going, and this is akhlaq, is like a ball. Person throws a ball on a wall, what happens? It comes back to him. Good akhlaq, a person passes on good akhlaq, it comes back to him. Others treat him in a similar way. If not one day, in two days, five days, one week, one month's time, sooner or later, how he treats people in a good way, that will come back to him. But there's one condition when that ball is thrown at the wall for it to come back, there's one condition also. It must be inflated. Not inflated, it will go and fall there. So here this akhlaq must be inflated, with ikhlas. Inflated with sincerity. That is being done not for the sake of gaining people's good treatment in return. Being done for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. 
When it's done for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, it'll come back. So in this one short Hadith Sharif, the entire crux of deen has been presented in terms of practical life. It's obvious, the Sahaba Kiram who were sitting and hearing this, and those who would come into Islam at that time, they knew it goes without saying, a person has entered into Islam, all the commands of Allah Ta'ala, he will now be upholding the fundamentals of deen. If salah was already compulsory, there's no question of him missing his salah. Whatever other obligations of deen are there, staying away from sin, all this goes without saying. That in order to move forward, to progress in life, progress in dunya, to get the best of akhirat, this goes without saying. But then these are the highlights. Nabi Islam highlighted these specific aspects that we take this in our life and we will see how our lives become better and how by means of us other people's lives will become better. But we will live by these aspects that have been mentioned in this Hadith Sharif. We will enjoy the benefits of it, others around us will enjoy the benefits of it. Otherwise others will be in misery and we won't get spared the misery either. That misery will come around. Others will be living in misery because of us and neither we will be in peace. So this is the prescription Rasulullah has given to be happy, to make happy. And the main aspect in all this was the aspect of these sweet words. Allah Ta'ala give me also the tawfiq and all of us.